Welcome to, I think it's episode four of our VCD roundtable. Um, due to the summer holidays, we have a bit of a smaller group of the usual people, but therefore we have the um, wonderful chance to have John on the call. He will introduce himself um, in a few minutes to uh, talk about what his role is within VMware and what he does around the VMware space. Besides that, I'm going to quickly start with my introduction. My name is Yves Sanford. I'm VCDX for Cloud and Management. I work for the Comdivision Group, and um, majority of my daily work is helping um, service providers getting Cloud Director up and running or figure out how specific features work. And with that, I'm handing over to Matthias for his quick intro. Yeah, hello. This is Matthias again, Comdivision Cloud Solution Architect. Uh, try to automate everything out of Cloud Director. Daniel. Hey folks, Daniel Poluzic. I'm part of VMware's Cloud Provider Solution Architecture team. And I'll pass it over to John. And I'm John Dwyer, and I'm the Director of Product Management, where I'm responsible for both Cloud Director, the on-prem product, and Cloud Director Service, our SaaS version of Cloud Director. So, so John, great to great to have you on the show. We we actually discussed this several times already in the past. So you missed our last show where we did a bit of a VCD update, upgrade scenario uh, thing a bit. But maybe you can give us a bit of your your insights on where do you think we are evolving overall from a VCD perspective. You mentioned CDS. That's still not necessarily very known by most providers, even though everybody tries to explain to people that that might also be a good idea. But also when will we uh, be completely on feature parity because there are still some limitations on CDS potentially? And how do you see overall the industry evolve or maybe from your point of view? Sure. So the, you know, when I look at Cloud Director, we're seeing great growth with Cloud Director across our service providers. And even, you know, we still have a large set of enterprises that are building internal public clouds that are still using Cloud Director today. Um, you know, just in the service, provider space where well over a thousand providers globally that are using Cloud Director. Um, and, you know, over the past couple of years, we started noticing a lot of our partners were moving to be multi-cloud. And, you know, we, we saw that there was a clear void where how do I as a service provider build a single platform where I can build a business across multi-cloud? And, you know, being VMware, we're a little opinionated here. We have that star multi-cloud because we want to at least make sure that we're we're getting all the multi VMware cloud environments first. And that's really been our goal. Um, so we launched Cloud Director Service. And you know, our investment in Cloud Director Service was really around a platform to manage Cloud Director as a SaaS application, which means we're still stamping out instances of it. Where we invested was how do we manage the lifecycle, how we're deploying it. We're deploying it in a Kubernetes cluster so we could take advantage of some of the Kubernetes uh, features around scaling so we can take over the management for you and do some of the things that our admins would have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, like monitoring VCD cells and scaling them out appropriately when the load on the environment increases. Um, but the one key thing you said was feature parity with with uh, with Cloud Director. One of the things I kind of want to highlight is you when you get Cloud Director service, you're getting the same thing you're getting on-premises. The, the key difference is what you manage and what VMware manages and what you have access to. So um, you have complete admin rights on the instance. So, so you get full sysadmin credentials. There's one kind of nuance that's in there, which is 
you, there's a there's a support role in there. And the only thing you can't do is delete that support role because that's our key to get in to help you if you do have issues. But other than that, you have full access to do everything. Where some of the limitations apply today is, is around VMware Cloud on AWS and specifically the feature set that they expose. You know, they, they expose the very um, fixed network topology. And, and that's mostly where we have some, some feature gaps. The other thing that, that kind of a, it just came up with a customer, they didn't realize even though we documented it, the other main feature gap is around our compute policies. Uh, and that's because, and this is actually kind of an interesting background is that, you know, compute policies in VCD were implemented based on host groups and you can't use host groups in VMC. They actually implemented a brand new thing, confusingly called compute policies. Um, and so there's, there's a little overlap in name but when you really look at the why they did it, um, you know, when we do uh, host groups and we use the affinity and anti-affinity rules for doing our compute policies, um, we say that a VM must run on a host. And in an environment where v like VMware Cloud on AWS, where they're doing automated upgrades, that impacts their ability to do upgrades. So with the implementation of compute policies in the VMC world, they actually changed it so that they can say this VM should run on a host so that they can do automated upgrades and things like that. So that's something, you know, an example of a, of, a, of a gap that's actually on my side, on the VCD team that I have to fix. Uh, so we're gonna have to re-implement compute policies a bit to work with VMC compute policies. But outside of that, a lot of our limitations with Cloud Director Service are based on the networking topology that's exposed. The good news is that kind of the roadmap for networking and VMC is they're really trying to shift more towards the on-prem model where you have more flexibility in what you can deploy in VMC. And this is a long-term roadmap and it's gonna take some time to get there. Um, you're gonna see some changes coming in the next release of VMC where they're moving more towards using the native NSXT interface instead of that proxied UI that has a limited view of what you can do. In each release, we're going to start seeing more and more features being exposed on that networking stack. So right now in, in VMC, they just exposed in their, their limited release that they just put out uh, about a month and a half ago, IPsec VPN termination. So that was a key blocker that a lot of our providers were listing about adopting Cloud Director Service with VMware Cloud on AWS. Uh, so that's now available. You have to submit a support ticket to get access because it's a limited release of VMC. So you'd have to do a net new build. But if you do that, the IPsec VPN appears in, uh, in, in BCD and you can start leveraging it. We'll soon have the L2 VPN exposed in another coming release. And, and also that IPsec VPN went out in a limited release of VMC. Their next major release is a, is a, is a I'm not sure what they call it. It's not limited. I don't know if it's just generally available release, meaning that all SDDCs will be upgraded to it. So if you have an SDDC today that doesn't have the IPsec VPN, once they do their next release and your SDDC gets upgraded, that'll automatically be available. So that's really the main limitations today come down to when we're connecting to VMC, because they were trying to address a specific use case, they had a fixed topology, but you know, they've been in market long enough. The good news is that they're, they're moving away from that and, and moving more towards getting more, more networking features exposed. So hopefully over the next year, we see this play out and we, we get a lot more parity. At the same time with CDS, we, uh, you know, we're looking to expand to other clouds. Uh, we, we've been actively working with uh, VMware Cloud on Dell EMC. We have a POC up and running right now. We're, we're working together. I'm gonna you know, put, out, put out an offer, which is we're looking for some design partners to work with, with 
with connecting CDS into uh, VMware Cloud uh, on Dell EMC. Um, and then beyond that, we're also kicking off exploration with a few other mega clouds. Um, you know, I have a you know an active POC going on with one of them, and you know we're also looking for design partners for that. So you know, once we once we expand and we give you more things to connect to with CDS. Um, you'll see, you know, there, there won't be as, as many issues with the feature parity as well as the, as VMC, you know, evolves, you're going to see those things, you know, slowly vanish over the next year. The, um, you know, coming back down to, you know, cloud director versus cloud director services, we see, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback from cloud providers. You know, some of them don't want to be in the business of managing things anymore. You see them adopting cloud foundation, you, you know, you see them moving more towards automated stacks. And we have some providers that want to get out of the business of managing VCD. And it was interesting at our most recent uh, technical advisory board, one of the most requested endpoints for cloud director service was uh, VMware Cloud Foundation. They want Cloud Foundation running in their data center, but they want to outsource uh, you know, to a SaaS service CDS. So we're seeing all kinds of use case, um, but you know, coming back to, I guess the core vision of VCD and where we're going is we, we see this, you know, it's, it's all about giving providers flexibility and choice where they build their environments and what services they layer on top to monetize. We see CDS as a logical extension for some of our current service providers that want to move into multi-cloud. They use the multi-site feature and they expand their environment by connecting the two together. So it's not it's it's not and or I'm sorry it is and or right it's both like it's what what are you building right and where do you want to operate so you know it's really what 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 set of services where do you want them to run giving the providers when customers come to them to always say yes so when when a customer comes to them and says hey do you have data center space in Tokyo and you're a U.S. provider and you're using VCD. You can say yes because I know I can spin up VMs. Um, I can spin up CDS and VMC in a couple hours, and by the time I get the contract signed, I can actually have my cloud in both places, right? Uh, so just giving them the opportunity to expand their business. Um, you know, with core VCD, you know, we're really seeing a lot more demand for add-on services, and I think over the last couple of years, you've seen a lot of focus in VCD's development on. Um, you know, uh, on base features and, and getting, uh, you know, feature parity within clouds as far as we release auto scaling. Um, but beyond that, there's, there's, how do we look at delivering holistic package solutions? And a great example of that, and this is a little glimpse into our roadmap is, you know, we're, we're exposing GPU, um, you know, over the next set of releases in BCD. And, you know, it's going to kind of tie into our, our placement policy solution, you know, to expose uh, you know, specific hardware. The solution is going to be, you know, geared towards, uh, you know, physical hardware. So NVIDIA Grid is the primary uh, use case here. But when I look at something like this, and I think this is where we've struggled over the years, and I want to see us get a lot better at, is we release a lot of foundational technology in BCD, and we allow service providers to build great things. Um, but we got to get better at, at, at delivering a holistic solution. So exposing GPU is like, it's, it's, it's a foundational element, but how do I actually build a business around delivering GPU and getting a whole solution put together of how do I go from GPU to like saying I have an ML AI capable cloud, right? And, and that's where I think a lot of investment needs to come at least over the next year or two is how do we take, how do we deliver more holistic solutions, not just points in time of 
technology, right? So I'll pause there because I've said a lot to see if you guys have any comments. I think that that perfectly makes sense. One question which I have seen coming from providers in the in the last, I would say, 12 months is quite a few times where is not necessarily only when can we provision um, um, VMware workloads, but um, how about other workloads like Azure VMs or EC2 instances or something like that. There seems to be uh, more and more of an appetite. Interesting enough, it's more going, at least from what I've seen, towards Microsoft, where they just say, especially now with the newest announcement from Microsoft with the new um, uh, desktop solution, where that is actually something where providers say is like, we are not really, and that was exactly the discussion, we are not really in the business of running a VDI infrastructure. So sure. that sounds like a like an interesting, interesting game for them. And I know we have the DAS solution, but that doesn't necessarily, the DAS solution has its use case. But especially when we think about service providers, which we have seen in the US quite a bit, who are working primarily for small business customers who might only need five or 10 desktops, then the DAS solution is, is always more or less, it, it, they need to be highly customized so we cannot actually use one pool so it doesn't fit. But the Microsoft desktop solution might actually sound like a good fit. But um, so do we have any plans or is, is there anything planned on, on adding third-party cloud solutions, platforms like Azure, Office 365, Easy2, any of these, because the, the providers seem to have more and more of an appetite to actually start reselling these services as well. Yeah, and so this is something that's come up over the years. And, and in the past, it's been hard to justify this investment because we didn't, we weren't hearing a holistic voice from the provider to do this, right? It was, you know, some, some, some providers were leading edge. So as a product manager, it was really hard to, to justify that investment. And the other thing too, is a project like this, it's a tricky project. And I, uh, I've been talking about this a lot lately and I keep describing it as like a perpetual motion machine because as soon as you start that project, there's always gonna be the customer that says, but you know, as you're now exposed feature X, why don't you have feature X? And so I've been very careful about this one because I, I'm concerned that, we, that if we do it, we gotta do it well. Um, and so we, we have an internal POC going on right now uh, where there's a plugin for VCD and it, it, it allows you to connect and have visibility into uh, native cloud workloads. But you know, it, it exposes a base feature set across those clouds. And what we're trying to figure out is what is, what is the 80% use case that we can deliver and then give you the option to click a button and jump to those clouds because we'll never be able to keep up because you know they, every one of those clouds has hundreds if not thousands of engineers working on it. And, um, but can we at least provide some basic set of features and visibility so that you can see your Cloud Director VM and your Azure VM, uh, possibly in your Google VM and your EC2 VM, uh, you know, all within that same pane. So that's something that we're gonna start. Um, we're starting to look for some partners to actually give us some feedback on that and see how we take that to the next level. We, we're not sure how we're going to release it, if it's going to be an open source project so that we can try to get some people to, to, to give us some, help us out here, you know? Because uh, it, is, it is a difficult task to, to keep up with the, with the feature set. 
that was just my idea is like, wouldn't it for something like this make more sense to really build up uh, like, like a foundation framework in open source and then the providers who want to customize it can customize it. And, and again, the other play game in this would be, do we really need to reinvent the wheel or should we actually have a front end? And then that can kick off um, third party systems like a Terraform or anything else, sure. which then does the provisioning because why actually try to build everything again, which others have built already and try to interface with it, it might actually be, it seems to be the more modern approach of development as like uh, developers don't develop anymore. They just actually collect things and build. And that's your comment is exactly where my stance was on this for a while. And that's why I didn't want to invest in it is, you know, my background is in software engineering and I, uh, I would use Terraform, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think Terraform is an awesome solution. And that's why we've been investing so much in the VCD Terraform. And, and so I've been struggling with, with how much do we put in VCD versus how to, and, and this is clearly one of the things that we are trying to shift to with VCD is when we think about who VCD is de de developed for, we're making sure that the developer is a first class citizen. Whereas in the past, you know, five years ago, six years ago, it was probably, we were talking about, this is, well, it's actually more than six years ago. It was designed for a VI admin, right? And when I got on board, I was trying to shift that and say, a VI admin is one of the personas, but we actually have to think about the person that uses a cloud that's not necessarily a VI admin. And you know, we've been trying to simplify things. The, you know, the mantra that we've had for the last five years since I've been involved has been, you, know, you, you shouldn't have to be a VI admin to use VCD, but if you are, you should be able to take advantage of that. Like it should be advanced features, but it's not something we, we hit you in the face with. Uh, but you should be able to take advantage of some of the core VMware technologies. And so we've tried to simplify some user interfaces. We still got a long way to go. I've been reviewing new, uh, spoiler alert, new VM and VApp creation workflows that are drastically simplified uh, from our UX team. Um, but it, on that same note, we have to make the developer a first-class citizen uh, and, and think about what that experience is. Um, you know, our, our architect, uh, on the API side, just put together, uh, there's a project at VMware called Project Eve around uh, better documentation of our APIs and generating code from our APIs. And VCD was the first one to get through that and have a fully blown um, documented project based on this, this internal project where, where we have a really good visibility into our API. I think we could potentially talk on for hours. We definitely need to get you need to get you in one of the one one of the other sessions as well. I'm not sure. I think you you are at the top of your of your of your time, John. Um, feel free to stay, <laughs> but I just want to be sure that you don't miss your next meeting because yeah, I think uh, unfortunately I would love to stay and continue this conversation. Otherwise. But my next meeting is with one of those hyperscaler clouds. I'm trying to explain CDS on, so I want to I want to get CDS in more locations. <laughs> Let's let's get that going, and then hopefully we have a wonderful story from you to share in in one of the next sessions together. And then uh, we will now make fun about everything else. Now there are a few topics we can quickly go over, and then um, but thank you for being here, John, and see you in one of the next sessions. Yes, Thanks, thank you guys John. so much. Thank you, um, John. Yeah, very you. insightful, and you know, as you guys are well aware, he came as he started off as an engineer architect at VMware prior to moving to product management. So I think he he understands a lot of the challenges we see in the field with our, you know, from customer facing, you know, use cases and 
trying to focus on, um, you know, making a better platform, which is always exciting, right? And it's always insightful to hear him talk about where he wants to bring Cloud Director um, in general uh, going forward. So as we have seen uh, Cloud Director 10.3 out now for a few more days, and Matthias is currently trying to figure out if he found at least his first bug. Um, anything you have seen so far, Daniel, which we need to warn our audience about where they should be careful or where there are already uh, known issues which, um, which they can work around, like uh, one of the ones we discussed last time, which was the, I think it was the VSAN issue or something like that anything we should make our audience aware of um, um, on 10.3? Because I haven't seen really much issues so far, at least besides the one Matthias just showed, which we need to troubleshoot still. But um, have you heard, seen anything already? Or it seems to be pretty pretty quiet. I mean, there were a few few issues, but nothing big really. Yeah, I would say it's been pretty solid. I mean, most of my partners that are, they haven't upgraded yet to 10.3. I have a few that have actually got it up in production um, because it fixed a few um, prior issues that they needed to fix in production. Um, but so far, so good, right? I mean, everything's been working solid. Um, I think the biggest thing, the conversation I've been having a lot with a lot of our providers is the NSXT integration. Right, and understanding some of the concepts. And I think we've talked about this with Remain in the past. It's, it's a fundamental change, right? And so um, I had a conversation on Friday. And it's, it's difficult because NSXT also introduces a lot of new networking concepts that weren't in NSXV. So, um, you know, in my opinion, we have this kind of crawl, walk, run strategy. We got to get understand the NSXT fundamentals, understand how they relate inside of VCD, and then what are the service provider scalability requirements you need to meet to build out a service provider grade environment. And so, um, and you can't bite that off at once, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's difficult. So um, most of my conversations have been around in that aspect, um, around that, so. And I think um, it's, it's it's still a valid point. This is people need to understand NSXT is a new solution. It's a change in the strategy. It's a change in the approach. And that's, I think, one of the, in, in all the discussions I had in the last few weeks around V2T migrations, when I told people, it's like, yeah, the first, <clears throat> first thing we should do is actually sit down and come up with an NSXT design, at least a high-level design for you. And people go, it's like, yeah, we just want to convert what we have in V2T. It's like, this is not how this works. <laughs> It's not, um, uh, but you know we're going to continue to press forward and try to make that as easy as possible. It's you know quite frankly it's not easy, but we have to do that. The other thing, and um, I think this came out. Romain posted a blog on our corporate site. We released a new migration tool uh, release, and so that now supports um, shared networks. We added a couple other few things. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. We're going to continue to, you know, press that to make that easier for uh, this swing migration strategy inside of Cloud Director with NSXBT on that. So, um, and so that feedback is a critical. Your assessments that show things that are being blocked still, your feedback on your designs. I can't stress that enough. That that needs to be sent into your respective fields, uh, BDMs and SCs or SAs. So we can collate that material and figure out where we need to prioritize to help with this uh, strategy. 
Yeah, but I think it's 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 I I have one specific service provider who constantly keeps moving the dates out and dates dates out and dates out. It's like we still have until January. It's like yeah, but we already have now end of August, and you have at least three or four sites, including I'm not sure how many clusters we need to migrate. So we should at least start with the design phase for this. <laughs> um, I think there is still. Um, there is still really that misconception, but I think we are yeah. getting there. And to be realistic, I have I have spoken to people who have done the migration on the let's say commercial enterprise side with the it's not called the migration assistant. It's the uh, whatever that tool is called, which is integrated in NSXT. And when I hear stories about the amount of downtimes and the challenges they have over there, I still think what we have in the service provider space is much better than what they have to offer on the commercial enterprise space. So uh, I think we are in good shape. However, we have a different situation because I also had service providers complain about the fact that they need to migrate from one cluster to another or from one PVDC to another PVDC, which is especially for the very small ones, not necessarily easy. And the other discussion I keep having is where people say it's like yeah but our all our infrastructure is not really update up to date for vSphere 7 and i say it's like yeah we can do nsxt with 6.7 but then the next upgrade from 6.7 to 7 is going to be more complicated for you you need to get your head around that and so there are a few things which actually show up, up about that but i actually jumped into into did you find or hear anything else on 10.3 already other than that I haven't. No, I, I have a really short one, um, Daniel. We discussed that a couple of a uh, couple of time ago. Um, so, if you create a PVDC based on something, a vCenter and a cluster, and you uh, attach an NSXT manager later, can you already update the PVDC, including the NSXT manager, or is that still not possible? It's not possible at this time. Okay. So, because I think that's important information, especially for yeah. smaller service providers. They cannot just throw in NSXT connected to the vCenter and just update the PVDC being NSXT. So that is not possible. What you can do is if, and I've proven this out with um, a provider, you can create, let's say you have a single resource cluster if your provider VDC is a child resource pool inside of that cluster, you can create a new provider VDC under that child resource pool that is NSXT backed, recreate all your org VDCs, and then do a, use the move vApp API to move between your old NSXV back or DV port backed um, provider VDC to the new TBAC provider VDC. That's assuming that you have prepared your host for NSXT, you have enough network interfaces northbound to connect both sides of the network on that. And that's also a manual process on that. Uh, the migration tool that we built with VCD requires the source to be an existing NSX V backed or you know existing cluster, and you're moving to a brand new greenfield cluster on that. So that is a current constraint today on that. But there are other op options, right? It's going to come base. It's going to really boil down to your design. Uh, what is your current network topology? What are you using from NSX V functionality? 
um, and if you're using DV poor group um, functionality. I know we talked before the recording, um, you know, one of the great things about NSXT is we can use overlay segments, but we can also use VLAN back segments. So we can actually provide the same functionality that we do within a DV port group, but use a VLAN segment that we import in and it's consumed. But you're still, you're losing some of the self-service network functionality, right? So uh, again, um, it's gonna come down to the use case and the design um, that you're trying to achieve, so. I do have one other topic to talk about that came out yesterday, so. It's not VCD related. Oh, I have, I have a last one VCD related um, because I played around and then just half a minute because I think that is some important information to share, especially if you're automating VCD via the REST API. With 10.3, the REST API version changed. Yes. Yes. And folks out there, if you automate with REST, be careful to have your REST calls being updated to the new API version. Otherwise, you might um, experience issues just for the records. Yeah. Sorry, Daniel, pardon it, Rob. No, I, and I think it's an alpha um, version with 10.3 of the REST no, that, API. That's a second one. So there, the new version is 36. And the alpha version you're referring to is 37. So 10.3. Um, it has two different REST API versions, but the good news is the um, Swagger documentation of the API within the Cloud Director appliance is perfectly up to date and shows you all the different versions and what is available in which version. So that is just awesome. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure most of the network functions have been moved over to the cloud API too um, in this release. I, I have to verify that, but I'm pretty sure it's been moved over. And I yes, think this I will verified be a lot because that was something I was desperately waiting for. And yes, that is true. Most of the network functionality is now available in the new cloud REST API. That's yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and which is some good. VDC stuff has been moved as well. Yeah, uh, well, and I know the team, um, you know, probably in the next release, we're going to, you know, obviously deprecate the legacy API, right? Which is much needed and move to the cloud API. So, so I know that that is an ongoing effort. So, um, so very so good. The, for, for the, if you publish that video, we, we might should add a beep over the last minute. Like, <laughs> no, because something deprecated and next release, no. <laughs> we beep it maybe. So you said there was something to announce? Yeah, um, I did want to, uh, and it probably a lot of people did see this, but uh, the new hot patch of vSphere was released yesterday for vSphere um, or ESXi 7.0 update 2C um, was released yesterday. And this fixed a lot of uh, things we found in 7.0, um, especially if you're using SD cards for your boot device. For <laughs> I see Matthias you know, hands up for your ESXi install on that. Um, so they the are no longer burning. <laughs> yeah. So the locker, and to give a little background, um, well, I'll just say that there was some structural changes to how the locker partition happens in BMFS. And uh, I was well acquainted, acquainted with this 
very closely um, for a few of my providers. And so I was pleased to see this release come out. Um, so if you're using SD cards, um, you know, definitely something to look at, test, validate, and uh, upgrade away on that. So that was released yesterday. That's really great news. Yes. Not just for service providers, for every customer out there. Yes, that is true. Believe it or not, I have a couple of customers that are currently actually refusing upgrading to 7 because of the SD card bug. And that's a major issue because they are using NSXV, so no vSphere 7 and um, migration to NSXT, right? So that's the chicken and egg problem. So that that's great news. Thanks for sharing. Yep, absolutely. Good. I think that wraps up a wonderful episode and definitely shows we need to get John back on. And um, next time, I hope we have more people back in the room because then nearly everybody should be back from holiday. Um, I know that Toby uh, Toby was on holiday. Um, I'm not sure where Fabian is. Uh, I think he's on holiday this Fabian week. Fabian is teaching. Ah, he's teaching. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> He, he has wrong priorities there. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, so Jörg and, and Romain are uh, on PTO as well. So hopefully next episode, we will see uh, more uh, people showing up again. And um, we will find a new interesting topic for next month again. There will be no new release by then. So we... Uh, Maybe, maybe we really are target for next episode that we talk a bit about um, cloud availability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be a good topic. Because we have a new release for that too. Yeah, and that would be also a good point for the community. If you have any questions around cloud availability or anything around that upfront, um, put them in the uh, YouTube notes, uh, drop us a message on any of the social media channels or anything else and let us know so that we have them for discussion. And with that, I would, from my point, already say goodbye and thank you for listening, watching to this episode and handing over to Matthias for his goodbye. Yeah, it was a great pleasure having John over. Uh, a ton of new information compressed into just a few minutes. Uh, so, but cool information. Also, Daniel, thanks for sharing the vSphere 7 upgrade and then, the fix to not burn SD cards like hell. So that was a really cool one. Thanks for coming and uh, handing over to Daniel. Yeah, yeah. thanks everybody. Um, again, John Dwyer is very insightful and I always enjoy uh, him speaking about Cloud Director. So looking forward to our next episode, we'll pull in somebody from the Cloud Director availability team uh, to talk about that. That would so. be fantastic, I think. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you all and goodbye.